Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest is Marwan Muwasher, a senior fellow at the Jackson Institute for Global Affairs at Yale and a Jordanian diplomat and politician. Ambassador Muwasher opened Jordan's first embassy in Israel in 1995. From 1997 to 2002, he served in Washington as ambassador, negotiating the first free trade agreement between the United States and an Arab nation. He then returned to Jordan to serve as foreign minister and then deputy prime minister. Ambassador Mawasher was at the Jordanian Senate until March 2007 when he joined the World Bank as senior vice president for external affairs. Most recently, he wrote a book called The Arab Center. Today, we'll talk with Ambassador Mawasher about the Palestinian-Israeli peace talks and his case for taking a regional approach. Welcome, Ambassador Mawasher. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Let's begin um, by having you bring us up to date um, on the Palestinian-Israeli peace talks. What's going on? They have started after a long, uh, uh, you know, hiatus for uh, years. They started again last September, but unfortunately, they're stalled once again over the issue of settlements. Okay. The Palestinians want a settlement freeze before they uh, are ready to resume negotiations, and Israel so far has resisted giving such a freeze. Okay. Do you think the direct talks between the two parties will lead to a permanent agreement? I'm not hopeful that direct talks just on the Palestinian-Israeli uh, uh, track will lead to a permanent agreement. I think that, uh, uh, one, the talks are uh, still following an incremental approach which has exhausted its possibilities and no longer, I think, will lead to a permanent agreement. I don't think the two sides have what the other side wants uh, nowadays because a Palestinian-Israeli negotiating track will not deal with some of the broader issues like Hezbollah and Hamas and Iran. And finally, I don't think we have much time for an incremental process again. The number of settlements in the West Bank is, uh, in, you know, is, is getting bigger. Uh, the number of settlers has increased from 250,000 at the time of the Oslo agreements 17 years ago to over 500,000 today. Uh, so time is not on the side of a two-state solution, uh, I'm afraid. Okay. What are the key problems to the approach the Obama administration is taking? I think the Obama administration needs to enlarge the talks and bring in other uh, regional players. Both sides, as I said before, need a regional safety net. On their side, the Israelis want to make sure that in return for what they will see as painful compromises, they are getting uh, peace not with half the Palestinians, but with the whole uh, Arab world mm -hmm. and the whole region. And the Palestinians on their side, in return for what they will see as painful compromises on their side, also want to know that they will not be called traitors for compromising on such issues as Jerusalem and refugees, mm -hmm. and therefore also need a regional safety net. Such a safety net can only uh, be brought together if the Arab states join the talks, not meaning that they will sit at the negotiating table uh, uh, opposite Israel, but if the proper context is uh, uh, developed mm -hmm. where the Arab state uh, operationalized their Arab state initiative, where all Arab states uh, committed to peace and security with Israel once a Palestinian state is established. Okay. Um, what do you think the Obama administration should be doing? 
I think they should be talking to the Saudis. I think they should be talking to the Syrians. And I think that they should be getting what I call end game deposits from all sides. In other words, if, the, if each side is not able to put their red lines on the table to the other side now, they can do this hypothetically with the US president if in return they know what they will get at the end. Such uh, end game deposits, I think, can uh, go a long way in order to assure the other side of what exactly they would be getting if they you know, abandon their maximalist positions and uh, offer flexible compromises that can uh, result in an agreement. Other, otherwise, I'm afraid the negotiations will go on forever, just as they have uh, done over the last uh, 17 years. Okay, why involve Syria and Saudi Arabia, for instance? Syria, because of one, uh, the Golan Heights, they have occupied territories uh, by Israel. Two, because they support Hezbollah today. And without involving Syria, e even if the Palestinians and Israelis are able to strike out a deal, Syria will not stay idle if their own interests are not taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. Why the Saudis? Because the Saudis are the only uh, country in the Arab world today which has the stature to bring to the table all the Arabs, in fact, uh, most of the Muslim world, to support such an agreement. They have done it in 2002 when they spearheaded the development of the Arab Peace Initiative that mm -hmm. I talked about, and they can do it now and assure the Palestinians of a region and safety net uh, uh, and the support of all Arab and Muslim states. Any other countries do you think should be involved? Jordan, for instance? Well, certainly all Arab states, but uh, and Jordan has been very active mm -hmm. in uh, both the development of the Arab Peace Initiative and the diplomatic moves that uh, have taken place since the Arab uh, Peace Initiative. But there is no question that uh, what holds the key in the Arab world today is Saudi Arabia. Okay, Saudi Arabia. Let's talk specifically about the end game deposits. Can you um, give some specific ones? Um, just to give well, us an idea. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the Syrians, in return for total full withdrawal uh, of Israel uh, to the June 4, 67 borders, need to make sure that uh, they uh, uh, end their logistical and financial and military support to uh, organizations like Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Saudis, in return for uh, uh, an agreement that includes East Jerusalem as the uh, capital of the Palestinian state. This is what the Saudis care most about. They should deposit that they would ensure the support of uh, all Arab and Muslim states for the Palestinians, and that they would include Hamas and Hezbollah in any eventual agreement. Under the terms of the Arab Peace Initiative, uh, the Arabs have committed themselves to security guarantees for all states in the region, including uh, Israel. What that implicitly means is that the responsibility of turning Hamas and Hezbollah into political organizations becomes an Arab responsibility. Only the Saudis uh, uh, can do this in the Arab world today. So you are arguing for a more regional approach, but is there any way that that could also fail? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we have witnessed already the failure of the unilateral approach for example, mm -hmm. when uh, Israel uh, unilaterally uh, withdrew from Gaza, we have witnessed the uh, uh, failure of the bilateral approach. I think 
this is because of a reason and the reason is there are today needs by both sides that can only be met if you involve the whole region and not just uh, uh, the, uh, the Palestinians and Israelis. Can it fail? Of course it can. But uh, I think that the chances of success are much greater if we go to a regional approach. In fact, I think the chances are almost zero for a success of the bilateral approach as we have known it. And why do you, do you have any ideas to why the Obama administration would not be more flexible and open to a regional approach? It seems, um, to your point, it's, it seems well, relatively straightforward. The Obama straightforward. administration has uh, definitely warmed up to the idea much mm -hmm. more than the Bush administration did. Certainly they believe in uh, the Arab Peace Initiative and the importance of that initiative precisely because it offers such a regional approach. They have asked the Arabs to operationalize the initiative, but so far they are still being, in my view, way too cautious about bringing in the region. I think they understand the logic, but I think they have not so far taken the needed step to go that route, because in going uh, uh, to that route, they would have to get deposits from everybody, including, of course, from Israel. And whether they are ready to do that, and basically prod all parties, including Israel, to deliver their endgame deposits is still an open question. Do you think having um, studied this and, and lived it basically for so long that there will be peace in our lifetime? And if so, how would that look? There must be peace uh, for two reasons, mm -hmm. basically. One is we who live in the region cannot afford to be pessimistic. Uh, uh, if you give up, basically, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. So we cannot give up. But the other sort of more practical reason is that all other alternatives are worse. If we don't have a two-state solution today, the next uh, thing that you can expect the Palestinians to do is ask for equal rights within the state they live in, within Israel, uh, which is, of course, going to lead to the uh, demise of the basically uh, Jewish-Israeli state as we know it today. Today, the number of Arabs and Israelis in territories under Israel control, that is in Israel proper, plus the West Bank and Gaza, is almost equal, about 5.5 million for each side. Mm -hmm. In 10 years' time, the number of Arabs will be greater than the number of Israelis. So if you only look at demographics, it would dictate that unless there is a two-state solution where the Palestinians get their own state and Israel, of course, get their own state, unless we do that soon, uh, then the alternative becomes a one-state solution, which presents all kinds of difficulties for all involved. Very good. So you're, you're thinking peace is possible at some point? Certainly. Very good. Thank you so much for being here with us today and, and sharing some of your work. Thank you. For more information about Ambassador Mawasher and his work, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Macmillan Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale. Mm -hmm.